0: the fox show um you're listening you're tuning in You your car somewhere you're watching you're wondering who are these guys you know i stumbled on christopher Walken's on the show i'm not sure is he maybe <laughs>
1: on Falk and listening to What the Falk Show. Another great guest, another great episode. I'm very blessed to have Lucy Amundsen. Lucy Amundsen is the owner of Locally Laid. Herself and her husband, Bill, uh, created this great this great company, Locally Laid, up in Minnesota, up, a way to provide healthy, organic, range-free chickens and eggs for all the consumers out there. We're talking about middle agriculture. We're going to talk about the difference between organic, between cage-free, between free range. I'm really excited to have her on the show. So anybody who's a health advocate who believes in organic food and non-GMO food, who believes in figuring out what it takes to make the good food, what you need to look for when you're in the, uh, grocery store. Go ahead and check out this episode. You're listening through SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. This is Connor Falk, the What the Falk Show. Let's get this Falking going.
2: Hi, Connor.
1: Hi, Lucy. How the fuck are you? This is the What the Falk Show. I'm really excited to have you on. How are you doing today?
2: Oh, thank you.
0: I'm
1: great. As always, I've been very blessed to have great guests, and you're certainly one of those. So we're going to go ahead and talk about Locally Laid today. We, had, we did some work when you were here in Los Angeles promoting the brand. I was able to meet yourself and your husband. You were one of the nicest people I've ever met on any television set. <laughs> And because of you nice thing to say. Well, and because of you I tell people, well, anybody I've met from Minnesota is is very nice and just good people and you're the prime example of that. So I'm really excited to have you on the show. <laughs>
0: It for Minnesota.
1: You are. You're doing a good job. So, we're going to go ahead and talk about Locally Lay. We're going to talk about the book that you had recently come out and kind of the, the journey that you've gone from, from being non farmers to some of the best farmers in the North. Let's get it started. So, you know, how did you, didn't really have a background in farming. I know that you did some writing, you're, you've done some teaching, your husband worked in the corporate sector. How is it do that two non farmers start a farm? Oh, painfully.
2: We very painfully <laughs> started a farm. But we went, we had Backyard 10s, which probably a lot of your listeners maybe know somebody who has a backyard it's like yeah. a little urban farming experience going on and i had no idea that it was complete gateway livestock
0: for mm, us okay
2: we had these five birds then we had like a, a lot of life changes my husband uh his job disappeared we had some misadventures and he just he's like i got it we have have a plan to go from these five backyard hens to a couple thousands oh, wow. okay. and of course my reaction was you know what is the other plan <laughs> but we we did move forward did a lot of educating of ourselves and um you just sort of put yourself out there and make it
1: happen. So so the way the country's been going, it seems like you found yourself in a lot of other positions, of a lot of families, of a lot of married couples, where the job didn't go exactly the way it was supposed to, or the mm-hmm. economy affected them negatively. And instead of kind of getting down on yourselves and thinking, what are we going to do now? You went ahead and jumped on the first thing you think of. You had some hens, as you said. How many do you have in the back? Maybe like five to ten before you uh, branched out? Oh, yeah, just five, because we
2: uh, you know, live in town. Mm-hmm. So that was all we were allowed to have. Five hens,
1: no roosters. And you, and you decided, okay, and, we're going to go and, ahead and uh, and start this company. We're going to go ahead and try to provide some healthier eggs. Now, is this background because you had always kind of been an advocate in terms of healthier food, in terms of non-processed kind of food? Did you guys have any any belief in that?
2: Well, I would say we, we do. We were, you know, on the edge of the real food movement. Okay. We always shop at a co-op. We um, are members of a CSA, a consumer-sustained uh, agriculture, but... um, but I wouldn't say that we were so into it that anyone would have expected us to do this. We could certainly see the writing on the wall about smart, better eating. Yes. Yeah. And of course... Supporting rural communities is important, particularly in a place like Minnesota. But honestly, we had no
1: business going into this, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, so far, whatever business you had, whatever reason you did, it, I'm glad you did. I'm glad to get the opportunity to have you on the show and to have the great company that we have with Locally Laid, which some of the best business taglines, as you know, uh, you know, you, you, <clears throat> from reading from reading the uh, book. You have uh, beak slapped. You know, you have uh, the local chicks do a better from the T-shirt that you actually let me have. So some of the great brands and the way you built it is perfect. So. <clears throat> As someone like myself who who finds myself going to stores and things and, and buying food from corporations and scientists and feeling like, well, I don't know who I don't know who made this. It would make me feel better if I actually knew who was responsible for this. That's exactly what you guys do with locally laid. You're so consumer savvy. You're so in consumer communicating with the consumers. Have you found that being part of the community is very helpful in terms of starting a business like this?
2: Oh it is, and when you, when you share your story, and when people understand that there's a real why behind you doing it, yeah. you know, you're, we're not just out here to make money, and it's a good thing, because we really didn't make money for <laughs> probably three and a half years, but, um, that we we said that we really wanted to see livestock treated better and we wanted mm. to create this better egg. Because when birds are outside eating grasses and bugs and maybe an ill-timed frog that jumps into the paddock, you know, they end up with much better eggs of less fat, less cholesterol, and actually taste like something. Mm. So we got pretty impassioned about the product itself. Um, And then people, when you share your story, people just connect with that. It is kind of amazing when you put yourself out there. It's like the right people show up. Yeah.
1: And, um helped us get this word out. Well, that's absolutely because you obviously affected me and left a positive impression with you and your husband when I met you guys. And then the impression you've had from the book that you've released and how people have really enjoyed that to see the journey of where you guys came from and where you are now. We'll get into exactly more details about locally laid the uh, the book later on. But I want to go ahead and talk about, you talked about the healthy eggs. Now, that's somewhere where we're at. You know, I, mm-hmm. I go to the store, I see cage free, I see organic, I see all these different things. Can we talk about the difference between cage free and free range? Because I know that's big for you guys.
2: Sure. It's Super confusing, and I have a theory that it's meant to be confusing. Absolutely, yeah. Because, um, you know, there are these – I call them traditional eggs, the conventional eggs, which we don't know what that looks like now. PETA has done a good job of showing us birds in cages. Yeah. But you hear cage-free, and it's so easy to have this misconception that these birds are outside, ranging um, out on the
0: prairie and,
2: <laughs> and singing The Hills Are Alive. Exactly, yeah. But actually – it's usually between thirty thousand and sometimes hundreds of thousands of birds Ugh. in these mega barns, and they actually, for the most part, have no natural light whatsoever. And I like to joke, just like they live in a casino. Yeah. You know, they're not getting any any relationship to the outdoors at all. It's like a dungeon. So cage tree is better than caged. But just let people know that it's not birds outside, which okay. is what free-range and pasture really are.
1: Okay. Now, free-range with all of your chickens, because all the hens are named Lola, right? Correct? All <laughs> thousands of They are of them named Lola, Lola. short <laughs>
2: for locally, short for laid. Oh, I love that. And they have to go outdoors, and we rotate them in their pens, so that way they're always on fresh grass, so mm. that they're actually consuming consuming good things that that augment their diet. So they're not just eating pure grain, which is what is the diet of typical
1: chickens. Mm, Pure grain. So that would get me to the point of, because organic is all in terms of, that kind of means exactly what the animal that you're eating, what they ate as their diet, correct? So is organic something that they don't look out for in terms of eggs? Like what, you know, how can we save money and still eat healthy in the supermarket?
2: Oh, I know. It is a hard thing because food is kind of artificially cheap. But organic tends to be this umbrella term that you're like well if it's organic then it has to be good right Mm, yeah exactly and you know just to muddy the waters a bit more organic just means that those chickens are eating organic seed it Mm. doesn't mean that they're outside having pasture pasture goodness in their diet they're not caged but organic really means that they're cage free they might have some very limited access to the outdoors but it's not birds free roaming on prairie so uh, and there's also this added thing which completely um, completely bums us out is that when we looked into becoming organic certified because we're those types of folks who wanted to do that yeah We found out that the vast majority of organic feed for animals in this country, corn and whatnot, is actually uh, imported from China and India—two very polluted places. Yeah. Which is, I I hate reporting that to people because it's such a disappointment. Yeah. Um, But it is the truth that if we wanted to be organic, we would be putting, we'd be having this carbon footprint that is just surreal to us when we're so committed
1: to locally sourcing and locally selling. Yeah, absolutely. And locally, locally laid obviously is the big idea of what your company does and it kind of brings middle agriculture to the forefront. Anybody I hope listening here in Los Angeles, wherever they are in this country, around the world, they want to support the local farmers. They want to support the people. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you aren't necessarily in it for the money or the profit. You're in it to provide a good product, provide a healthy egg coming from a healthy chicken. Now, have you noticed that, that you're happier your chicken is, the better tasting the egg? Have you had to experience that you know first person?
2: Yeah, you know, there is something about, um, well, it makes a lot of sense that if your bird gets a varied diet, she's going to just produce an egg that is going to reflect that varied diet. Mm -hmm. So all the seeds and the flowers and the clovers and bugs, it will give your yolk this nice, robust yellow. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I find like if I talk to people maybe who are younger than 25 and I'll say something about it has this great yolk taste and they'll look at me and say, well, what does yolk really taste like? Because we've been sort of trained, uh, that's, that's been trained out of us, industrial ag. Those eggs don't taste bad, but I won't. I would say they don't taste like anything, Um, so it's a real flavor source, and it's also a great way to get omega-3s and beta-carotene, which is really, these are hard nutrients to to get naturally. Yes. So that's something we're really proud
1: of. So another thing you guys are providing it, and you said you know you guys are starting to I guess jump on the train in terms of just how trying to educate people. Obviously you're selling a product and you want as many people to buy as they can, which just, hopefully for this episode more and more people will be ordering locally laid eggs from Minnesota. But have you kind of found that that uh, you feel how important it is to really educate these people? Because like you talked about the carbon footprint, I had no idea about that. Go to the store, I'm trying to pay extra four bucks for my eggs, thinking I'm doing good for my body, when really I'm paying extra for something even worse for my body that's got to be something that's uh, well, know kinda... i know it does get I, I try really hard not to bum people out yeah. and
2: shame them about what they're buying because we're all just trying to do the best we can with the information we have yes but um but i do get out there and educate people a lot and i love speaking about it because most folks don't understand that there's this really oppressed segment of agriculture called middle agriculture and we didn't understand it either when we first started because we probably it probably would have given us pause to be hmm. jumping into what is arguably the most difficult kind of agriculture, these mid-sized farms who aren't trying to produce for a farmer's market. We're trying to produce for small grocery stores and co-op. And you have to create a brand. You have to tell your story. You have to have great packaging. All the things that the big guys do really well. And you have to do it while... You know, you're, you're moving feeders and waterers and getting your egg processing facility up to spec and, and actually doing labor. It's, it's not an enviable, enviable place to be. Well,
1: and there's so many steps and different levels and things to do and, and different paperwork and things to fill out and health codes and so many things. Now, all these steps in this story as entertaining the ups and the downs, is that what, is that what caused you to go ahead and, and write locally laid? Because from my research, I do know that you, did, you have written before. You've done some stuff for Reader's Digest and obviously you're from you come from academics so you're obviously a very good writer as well as you're very well spoken so did that give you the opportunity you said hey well, i no, think i think people can appreciate my story or our story
2: yeah you know it started off as a blog which i would say it was rather cathartic of me yeah for me to write this out and find everything that's funny about this situation honestly Connor is a coping thing that I do to make things funny, mine all the amusement out of it, and then I feel better about it. Yeah. Um, but I did put it together at the time. I was also getting a master's of fine art in writing, so okay. it was my MFA thesis. Oh, nice. And um, and then I uh, sent it out and got an agent, and the agent actually. Uh, sold it to Penguin and it, I feel really lucky to be getting it out on a national scale telling this very real story about starting a farm because a lot of books out there it's just all the great stuff yeah. and there is great stuff but where about the hardcore reality of having a third mortgage on your house <sighs> and um Dealing with distributive, distributing chains and all the things that are really hard, but hopefully I make people laugh and they don't realize everything that they're
1: learning. Well, absolutely. Very very relatable story, right? If you think about all the small business owners out there, the people who are considering mm-hmm. kind of following their dreams and kind of getting out of the dead-end jobs that they're in or whatnot and starting a project, a culture, a business that they want, well, could we expect that people who read this, you know, that, that'll kind of be, let's say, a, well, might push them towards their dreams or whatnot. I mean, if I'm if I'm walking in Barnes & Noble, oh, I don't even think, is Barnes & Noble still around? I don't know. A Barnes & Noble or a Borders or a Blockbuster, <laughs> let's go circa 1996. What can I expect when I pick up Locally Laid" the book? Well,
2: it's, it's a memoir, so okay. it is our personal story. But I do a lot of teaching in there, in yeah. that when when our narrative characters, so to speak, run into a wall, I provide all the background as to why these situations are this way. Why mm. are why is it so hard for small farms to have a licensed egg facility? And I get into like like. What's up with salmonella, and why we why we wash eggs the way we do, and don't do it the way Europe does it? It's a lot of USDA stats that I kind of just sort of sneak in there. And the best thing that's happened to me is that at a reading, I had a woman say, "Our family lost our farm in the '80s, and I was a kid, and I never understood it. And we always had, you know, a sense of shame about that." Mm. And she said that reading the book, she understood the historical perspective and what happened when America industrialized the food industry. And she said that the debt the was stacked against us. Yeah. It wasn't our fault that we lost that farm. She got kind of teary. I got kind of teary at the thought that she she could look at her past differently because she understood it. What
1: a gift. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it makes sense. And I think all of us can kind of realize at this point that, you know, many industries in our country, politics to entertainment, to media, to now the food industry has become about profit and not quality. And that's one of the main reasons I yeah. wanted to have you on for Locally because you're great people, as anybody listening can tell right now, and you're providing a great <laughs> product. You're providing great eggs Great tasty eggs Healthy eggs From healthy happy chicken On your website Locally laid From the book From your blog From all the ways To find you on social media You guys are showing The idea of what it's like To kind of start Your own business And to do it right Is it, Was it the easiest way? No Was, was there ups and downs? Absolutely <laughs> But if I ask you one question Would you do it all over again, Lucy? Well-
2: No, I would love to say absolutely. I would love to go back and know more going in because honestly, it was hard and it's been hard on our family. Our kids have grown up, you know, as we've worked on this business. Um, But I have to say, I am very happy to, I'm happy that I wrote this book about this experience and that to me has been even better than starting locally in in that i feel like I am educating a lot of people and I love speaking yeah. out there, um, for making people laugh, but then at the end they're like, "Holy cats There's a lot to know." And I do a lot of of farmer workshops and teaching farmers how to build a brand, okay. and that they are worthy of news stories. Yeah, and, and that has been really gratifying. Well,
1: in social media today, there's just no excuse not. There's so many avenues that you can use to promote a brand, and if you have mm-hmm. you know even just a little bit of background in marketing, understand you know trends and times when to release things, you can really take advantage of this new technology. So now you've been having book tours, you've been going to signing Like you said, you've been speaking to people. Has your husband, Bill, I know he works on the farm as well. Is he okay with you kind of going out there and doing the press tour, or does Bill like to kind of come on and and a little bit as well?
2: No. You know, he is really happy to have me go out. He's a great speaker himself. Yeah. Um, We have a different style, but uh, he's really happy to have me out there because you end up creating these evangelists, people who are super excited about maybe – it's like, maybe I'll try to get 10% of my food local or, <laughs> or some, setting some goals. And yeah. these incremental changes help all of us. You know, like they don't just have to buy our brand. But no. if they realize that supporting their own local farmers, when I explain that, that when we locally source, so we get all our stuff from our region, our corn and other things, and sell it locally, then all of a sudden that money is swirling around, creating vital communities. Mm. Um But Jesus was the best when I was writing this book, um, when I would, he would say, you know, uh, there's this really embarrassing thing I did. You should add that. (laughs) So so it ends up being really honest.
1: Okay. Well, you know, where can the chance, let's go ahead and promote where we can find this book. Where can we find locally? What stores? What website?
2: Penguin is doing all the distribution, so it's pretty much anywhere books are sold. Okay. So. It's out there, it has it's a blue book cover with a row of chicken butts mm. on the front of it. Love so it. so you're not gonna miss it. Um locally laid. So it's if you people mostly go in and say, Hey, do you have that naughty mean chicken book? and <laughs> and and take you right
1: to it and you guys are on twitter locally late is on twitter you have a facebook as well that's where i've been kind of following you last few years you guys have a website obviously locally late as well
2: yeah we're on facebook we i've gotten i've become an instagram fanatic as i realize how fun it is to have all these chicken photos out in the
0: world absolutely so
2: we're trying to keep up with it you know that's a whole thing you have to feed and water every day is your social but yeah I love interacting with people,
1: so it makes it worthwhile. Now, can I ask you, people in the West Coast or who aren't maybe in the Midwest, can we still go ahead and order locally laid, you know, from here and kind of get it rushed delivered? Is that something that's possible? <laughs>
2: Oh, actually not. But you have so many great local farmers that you can be supporting. We have local, okay. we have a local Chicks Are Better t shirt. Yeah. We have another one called Micro Brewed, B-R-O-O-D, a little play off the beer industry that <laughs> so we have these small flock sizes. So folks are, could, you could have a, one of our fun American made t shirts. So that's one way you can support us or buy the book or just drop us a line. We we love to communicate with
1: folks. Yeah, absolutely. So if listeners want to go ahead and just tell their friends in the Midwest about about the company you guys have and the great food, or want to go ahead and buy some of your memorabilia, which you said is very witty and savvy, and is available in a lot of different arenas, <laughs> and also just kind of pay it forward, right, and, and and pay and buy from the other local farmers around here, and kind of get into that community of the absolutely. middle agriculture. Okay, well that's kind of the we're nearing the end of the episode. You've given us a lot of information about locally late. It's certainly something I'm going to continue to look into, and I hope that any listener from now will want to support it, want to be a bigger part of that. And in general, we'll want to be part of. It, I think think of in today's day about knowing who you're buying things from, especially when it comes to food. You know, I mean, you buy Dasani and it's owned by Coke. Mm-hmm. You go to Chipotle and you think you're eating healthy, but it's owned by McDonald's. So that 1% who <laughs> yeah. owns everything is also affecting your food. And at least myself, I don't like that. I'd rather know exactly who I'm dealing with. So it's nice to talk to locally laid so people can hear who you guys are and what you're about. Well, thank you so much. Of course. So I have a few random episodes, random questions here. I didn't put it on your outline because oh, sure. I didn't want you to be ready. So we're in Hollywood right now. Yeah. Obviously myself, I'm lucky enough to work in the entertainment industry who plays yourself and your husband in the locally laid movie?
2: <laughs> oh, you know, there there are so many dramatic scenes in this book. It would make a really fun movie. <laughs> um, that's a good question. Boy, you know, I I guess Tina Fey, okay. I would like that for it. me. Yeah. Um, Jason has in the past that he's just not sure if anyone's handsome
1: enough to play him anyone's handsome he so. might be he might be right too but hey <laughs> hey maybe in uh, 10 to 15 years from now if he needs somebody maybe i can read for him and step up and maybe i could play his part who knows
2: there you go
1: if he's yes. into it if he's into it so um i guess uh can i say hopefully maybe is this a top 20 experience for you in terms of being interviewed from someone who has a podcast in los angeles
2: oh my god yes this is fun. I love talking to folks who are into it. You're clearly into it. Lots of times I get interviews from
0: folks who haven't. Crack
2: the spine of the book and yeah. have no idea. So I so appreciate that you take kind of research. Oh, of you're course. a rare host,
1: Connor. Well oh, I appreciate that. And let me just say, I think it's been what three or four years now since I met you when we were in Culver City, and I just appreciate you being such a nice person and leaving such a positive impression on me and giving me the opportunity to have you on my show. It's a great it's a great opportunity to have local farmers and people who are supporting the things that matter in this country to have them on the show. And any listener right now, the kind of goal of my show is anybody oh. you know in Los Angeles, any from anywhere. if you're you're stuck in traffic, you know, if you're at work and you don't necessarily want to be working, if you're in school and don't really want to be doing schoolwork, if you want, if you're not, don't want to listen to your boyfriend or girlfriend, you want to just zone out and listen to some witty, informational humor and conversation. I think we provided that today. So, Lucy, I appreciate it very much. And tell your husband as well, Bill, thank you very much. And I haven't seen him in a while, so tell him hello for me. And um, yeah, I appreciate right, you. I sure will. I appreciate having you on the show. And is there any, maybe one last thing you'd like to say to listeners before you say goodbye? Well,
2: you know, I think you said I made an impression because that we were kind to you yeah. and look here it is all kind of right back because yeah. you
1: have this great audience that you're putting me in front of so Absolutely. I think kindness wins it does kindness wins and so do so do range free cage free regular eggs they also win too as well so we want to support our local farmers Absolutely. As well. so that's the theme of this episode anybody out there who's kind of in a downtime they kind of maybe they have a dream or an idea of a business they want to start go ahead and read locally later your local bookstore I can maybe give an idea of how to do it thank you again right. Lucy thanks for, thanks for coming thanks on the so show much. and I hope to talk to you soon all right you'll be well thanks you too so that was lucy umanson of locally laid basically they're trying to give you the best locally produced eggs out there healthy chickens make tastier eggs so if you're into the health kick if you're into non-gmo if you're into organic this could be something to look into we all eat eggs at some time or another so hopefully this gave you some information on what to look for cage-free isn't always necessarily worth the extra price organic isn't always worth the extra price it can still be from china or somewhere else with really bad you know environment which is going to make that food not very healthy so in america in advertising in general, it always tells you what? Pay extra for better food. In this society right now, in terms of eggs, you're not always doing that. So the things that you want to look for are free range. That's the kind of word you want to look for. Free range and then I guess organic in certain times. But free range because a healthier, happier chicken makes a healthier, happier eggs. And I love some eggs when I'm having my breakfast burrito every Sunday when I'm watching my Raiders do well. So I appreciate Lucy coming on the show. Her husband, Bill, as well, for starting this great company. Fortunate enough to meet them working on a television show years ago. Very happy they took the time to come on the show. My name is Connor Falk. This is the What the Falk Show. You're listening to SoundCloud, iTunes, or Stitcher. Hopefully, this is another example of an interview with someone that's very nice, very entertaining, and very witty. Went ahead and talked to them about what they do. Hopefully, this gave you some downtime and took away some of your boredom, whether you're in that hot LA traffic right now, whether you're playing video games, or whether you're at school and you're thinking, hey, I just don't want to do some school. I'll talk to you next week as I am lucky enough to have a great guest and hopefully another great episode. Talk to you soon.